Alice's Adventurous Venture into Wonderland Written by Ian Smith Chapter 1 Into the Rabbit Hole Alice was beginning to get very tired of sitting by her sister on the riverbank, and of how her sister mumbled as she read, the way annoying people do. She had peeped at her sister's book once or twice, but it had no pictures or conversations in it. What is the use of a book without pictures or conversations? Thought Alice, saying the words aloud for good measure. I've told you, Alice, there are no pictures or conversations because I'm blind. It's braille, I feel the bumps on the pages to read stories with my finger. But I'm bored of your fingering. You've been fingering your book all day. Well, that's because you keep dozing off and I have no one else to talk to in this field. I'm tired. Then rest and let me continue fingering in peace. Alice sat and considered if it was worth it to get up on such a hot and lazy day to cut daisies with her pocket knife for a daisy chain, or orchids for an orchid tuba when suddenly a white rabbit with pink eyes ran close by her. She'd given it little attention until she noticed it had pulled out a pocket watch from its waistcoat and declared, Oh dear, oh dear, I'm going to be late. I knew I should have made that left point at Albuquerque. At this sight, Alice sprang up like a spring springing upwards and ran across the field after the racking fracking varmint. Fortunately, just in time to see it pop down a large rabbit hole under the hedge. Alice, are you there? In another moment, like down the rabbit hole went Alice as well, never once considering how in the world she was to get out again, which is perhaps why many disappearances in the U.S. overlap with case systems. The rabbit hole went straight on like a tunnel, or rabbit hole for some way before a sudden drop, where Alice then found herself falling down a very deep well. Oh, shit! Oh, fuck! Fuck! Oh, no! No! Ah! Alice fell for what she assumed would be a very long time, long enough that she could observe the cupboards and shelves in the sides of the wall with empty orange marmalade jars, but was surprised the fall only lasted until the end of this sentence. Oh, God. Alice was not a bit hurt. I'm dying! And jumped up to her feet in a moment. She looked up at the dark overhead, and then down the long passage before her, in time to see the white rabbit turn the corner. Oh, my ears and whiskers, how late it's getting, and much oilier than last time. Alice followed the rabbit, and was close behind it when she turned the corner, but suddenly found herself in a long, empty hall of doors, no rabbit in sight. The doors around the hall were all locked, except for the one Alice wished had been. Hey, hey, close oh, the door! Jesus Christ! What are you doing? I'm shitting in here! I know you're shitting, I saw! Why didn't you lock the door? I did! You didn't! I did! I locked it before the gushing started! You didn't lock it! I knew a locked door! I just tried 20 of them! You must have done something! I don't know! Done something? What do you mean, done something? Why would I have even done? You picked the lock or something. You tell me. Why would I pick the lock just to see you shitting? Oh, so you did know I was shitting in here beforehand. You make me sick, kid. Get out of here already. Alice walked sadly down the middle of the hall, unsure of where to go to find the rabbit, until she came upon a little three-legged table with a tiny three-legged key resting on top. It wasn't here before, in such a tiny key, much too small for any of the locks on these doors. Perhaps I'm meant to put it in my mouth. Alice examined the key and discovered a product label with a disclaimer, warning of the choking hazard the key posed. So she decided against putting it in her mouth, and instead looked around the hall, this time noticing a low curtain. And behind it, two little doors, about 15 inches high. Yep. That's 15 inches, all right. No way I could squeeze through there at this size. But there's no harm in taking a look at what's behind these doors, I suppose. Alice knelt down and fit the key perfectly into the first door. Get out of here! Why are you back? Oh, no! Not you again! Me? Who the fuck are you to be giving me attitudes? You walked in on me shitting twice now! I didn't mean to! Didn't mean to! 
This door was definitely locked this time. It was an accident. That was deliberate. I'm calling the police. Alice locked the door and tried the key in the second door as well, finding another perfect fit. Hello? 911? There's a little girl here walking in on people shitting and laughing at the hoo-hahs. Alice peered into the passage, not much larger than a rat's hole, and saw inside the loveliest garden she'd ever seen. How she longed to leave this dark hall and wander among the bright beds of flowers, cool fountains, and even cooler halfpipes. But she could not even get her head through the doorway. But even if I could get my head through, said Alice aloud, thinking the words quietly for good measure. It would be of very little use without my shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. Perhaps there is something else at the table. Hmm, nothing. Nothing on this table at all. Unless, unless I consider this little bottle labeled drink me that appeared so curiously. It was all very well to say drink me, but wise little Alice knew better than to do as she's told, and inspected the bottle quite carefully to see whether it was marked poison or not. Just like the bottles under the kitchen sink, there's no mention of poison at all, so it must be perfectly safe to drink. I'm just glad this one's not an enema. Alice ventured to taste, and, finding it very nice, having a sort of mixed flavor of cherry tart, pineapple, oak banana... Cypress Mango, and Cypress Hill, she very soon finished it off. I must be insane in the membrane. I feel quite curious, as if shutting up like a telescope. And indeed she was, now only ten inches tall, the perfect height, Alice realized, for going through the little door into the lovely garden. But alas, alas needs a key for unlocking doors, and this lass was key lass, for Alice had left it on the top of the three-legged table. Oh no! What? shall I do? I'm much too small to reach the key now. Hmm. What's this? A chainsaw? Perfect for sawing chains, but I wonder if I could saw through table legs as well. There we go! Alice followed OSHA regulation to a T in operating her chainsaw, and soon the table toppled over like a Hussein statue. There's the key. But what could this be? Another bottle that says drink me? Well, I could use a good thirst quencher after all that chainsaw work, and I am one for doing as I'm told. All right. Being alone never stopped me from doing birthday belly shots before. Mmm. <sighs> Frothy, rich, a hint of full body, herbaciously blunt with a fleshy brawn to say the least. My, this is curiouser than the last curious thing. I'm growing quite large, to say the most. So large now. I may just, in fact, bump my head on the ceiling. Ow! Shit fucking fuck! Alice did strike her head against the roof of the hall, for she was now more than nine feet tall and being scouted by the Boston Celtics. But as she felt at the stinging gash a crossbeam had left, she heard a little pattering of feet in the distance, and soon the white rabbit returned, splendidly dressed, with a pair of white kid gloves in one hand and a large fan in the other. Oh, the Duchess, the Duchess, won't she be savage if I keep her waiting? She'll probably hunt me without a license. And we all know the penalty for hunting and fricasseeing rabbit without a fricasseeing rabbit license. I don't. Alice said in a low, timid voice, as not to scare the rabbit as it passed. But the rabbit had a violent, unrelated flashback from his youth at that exact moment, coincidentally, and scurried away into the darkness as fast as he could, dropping the gloves and fan in a panic. Wait, Mr. Rabbit! Oh dear. Now what will I do? Alice took up the gloves and fan, and, as the hall was very hot, fanned herself all the time as she went on talking. These gloves are much too small to fit, so I should acquit. <clears throat> Try to get them on. Nope, too small. But wait now, they seem to be growing. No, I'm shrinking. Why am I shrinking and cooled off? Alice discovered the answer to both was the fan she'd been gyrating in her hand, 
and immediately whacked it against the ground to snap it to pieces, defeating its evil witchcraft powers once and for all. That was a narrow escape, said Alice, a good deal frightened by the sudden change, but very glad to find herself not shrunken out of existence and the perfect size to fit through the door yet again. But as she bent down and retrieved the key, she again heard a little pattering of footsteps, and soon the white rabbit came trotting back around the corner, anxiously, looking about as if it had lost something. Oh, my dear paws, ears, and whiskers, where'd I put them gloves and fan? You'd think something meant the hands wouldn't walk off on you. Excuse me, Mr. Rabbit? The Duchess, Mary Ann? What are you doing all the ways out here? Don't you know it's Mary Ann's season? I thought it was rabbit season. Mary Ann season. Rabbit season. Rabbit season. Mary Ann season. Exactly. You gotta get out of here, Doc. But first, help me find the gloves and fan, would you? I think I dropped them right here somewhere. Do you mean these? Mary Ann held up... Uh, no, sorry. Alice held up the stretched and torn gloves and pointed to the shattered fragments of fan on the ground. Well, what do you know? The decoys worked after all. Decoys? Of course. That's why they're not so coy no more. And I wouldn't let the real ones get all torn up when I lost them, could I? I suppose not. But you could always not lose them in the first place. Then there'd be no point in getting the decoys, Mac. You're not listening. Run along back to my house and grab the real gloves and fan, would you? We're gonna need them. We? Well, I suppose I could. But is it safe for me? Eh, you're right. Hold on a sec. The white rabbit ripped off the Mary Ann season sign nailed to the nearby tree and replaced it with a duck season one. With this, Alice ventured in the direction the rabbit had pointed until she came across a neat little house amongst rows of carrots with a bright brass plate on the door with W. Rabbit engraved on its face. I wonder if this is the correct house. It was not. Who the hell are you? How did you get in here? Oh, I I'm quite sorry. I, I thought this was the white rabbit's house. Uh, no, this is my house. I'm an egret, not a rabbit. I'm... But the sign on your door says W Rabbit. And nowhere on it does it say come in, does it? Now get out of here already. <laughs> Alice left in a hurry, wondering if she'd ever find the rabbit's house. Hello, 911. But soon she came across another neat little house, amongst rows of lettuce, on the door of which was this time the name White Rabbit, written in pencil. Hello? No reply. This must be the correct house, then. I do hope I can find these gloves and fan before the real Marianne shows herself. That's just a whole mess I don't want to explain. Oh, won't the rabbit feel foolish once he realizes his mistake? Unless I'm the decoy, Marianne, so the real one stays safe. What's all this, then? Who are you? Me? Oh, I'm Alice. And who are you? Marianne, who let you in here? Did you take any gloves or a fan? Not yet. You see this rabbit? Oh, so you broke in to laugh at some hoo-haws and steal the gloves and fan Mr. Rabbit keeps in the safe in a spaghetti room, innit? Combination 94117, that's so? Well, I, I I wouldn't say that I... And uh, you just thought you'd walk in and out, did you? Though old Marianne wouldn't show up in time to kick your arse, did it? I wouldn't say you're that old. Then explain these crow's feet. <gasps> not yours. Look, maybe I should go. Oh, you're not going anywhere. I've waited a long time to put my orange belt to good use. As Marianne approached, winding her arms back in a circular motion to lock in a more powerful punch, Alice, fearful of fighting someone much bigger and stronger than herself, looked around for anything that could help, before her eyes landed on a small bottle on the counter next to her, labeled Drink Me. Well, I've got nothing to lose. After quickly glancing over the bottle for any mention of the word poison, and not finding one, Alice downed the bottle in one gulp, and grew quite large. Not in the sense of height, like before, but swole and bulbous, and very castable in Predator. All right, lady, you want a piece of me? Bring it on, bitch! Oh, I'll bring it on here and win it. Alice and Marianne fought about the White Rabbit's house in a friendly bout for quite some time. Before the clever little Alice had a clever little idea. Enough of this! Go, go, gadget harpoon! <laughs> Uh, uh. I knew that was bound to work eventually. Now to find...
find the fanning gloves, which Marianne said was in the spaghetti room. Looks like this is it. So that corner has farfalle. Good sign is there's a great many meatballs. Swedish meatballs. Swedish meatballs. I brought them as a day from Sweden. Bork, bork, bork. Well, good for you, sir. Ah, there's that safe. Now, what was the combination again? Nine, forty-one, seventeen. Alice retrieved the gloves and fan from the spaghetti room safe, as well as a Ziploc from the kitchen for some travel spaghetti, and left the house to return to the White Rabbit. She wandered about for quite some time before she soon found herself in a thick wood. The first thing now that I've got to do is grow to my right size again and shed these giant muscles. The second thing is to dunk the vote. The third, I need to find that white rabbit so I can get on back to the lovely garden behind the little door. It sounded like an excellent plan, no doubt. The 19th Amendment was in full swing, and the rest was very neatly and simply arranged. The only difficulty was, Alice had no idea how to set about her plan. And as she peered around the trees anxiously, a sharp bark overhead snared her attention. No! Bad dog! No, you don't get my spaghetti! No, I don't care how big of a dog you are! Go on now, you! It's my spaghetti! I need it to fill my adventurous venture into this wonderland! I know, you can have some of the chocolate-covered raisins I also took. Chocolate? Raisins? Poisonous to dogs? Well, let me see. Alice searched each of the six chocolate-covered raisins in her hand for the word poison, just like she done did with the mystery bottles of fun-time juice, but found no such writing. Perfectly safe, just as I thought. Here you are. You're quite welcome. What's your name? Sam? And you were an Elvis impersonator in a past life? Well, I don't know a Kenneth, but I have no time for side quests now. I have to find a rabbit named White. No, his, his fur is white, but I, I'm sure it's a coincidence. Exactly, just like Blackbeard. Fueled by spaghetti, the ten-inch-tall buff Alice bid her new friend goodbye and continued on with her search for the white rabbit, leaving this sweet, giant, innocent dog to vomit blood, keel over, and die quite mysteriously. All alone. It wasn't long before Alice found herself searching the flowers and blades of grass around her more for something to drink to change her size than to find the rabbit. There's got to be something around here labeled drink me so people know what to do with it. Perhaps on this mushroom I see up ahead, roughly my own height. Alice stretched herself up on tiptoe and peered over the edge of the mushroom, where her eyes immediately met those of a large blue caterpillar who sat on top arms folded and quietly smoking a long hookah shaped like a crack pipe and scented of crack pipe. <laughs> what, what, what are you doing? What are you looking at? Well, who are you? What are you doing here? The white rabbits in you. Explain yourself. Alice thought to herself and realized the white rabbit did technically scent her, if only to retrieve gloves and a fan for him. Yes, the white rabbit sent me. Were you expecting someone else? He <laughs> said, oh, Mary Ann, I come by with gloves and a regular fan, resembling a magic decoy. On the way to the meeting, I'm guessing you're Mary Ann. Well, I... I don't... Um... What, what meeting, exactly? Ah, the secret phrase. <laughs> it is you. Where are the gloves and fan? I have them right here. <laughs> we'll need those once we're all inside. Inside where? No, with the secret phrases. I'm convinced. You know the plan, Mary Ann. Why, Rabbit's been putting this team together for over two years, and today's the day. Now let's get to that tea party at Martyr's house and meet the rest of the gang. I certainly can't go to a party looking like this. <laughs> Your giant muscles don't usually glisten this much without baby oil. Hardly. But I don't normally have muscles as these. No. That's a body that's been worked on. You can't get results like that overnight. My bud is a personal trainer, and he said... But I you did! Real I did get results like this overnight, if you consider the right time zone. I've been drinking random bottles of liquids during my ventures, and then growing and shrinking each time. 
<laughs> that doesn't sound safe. You gotta watch what you put in your body. Maybe try drinking something else. <clears throat> right. Do you have anything I could drink? <clears throat> doesn't look like it. Sorry, kid. Alice looked around the mushroom, hoping another bottle would appear as the others did, but instead saw nothing. Nothing other than the blue caterpillar and his quote-unquote hookah. Hmm. The clever little Alice paced around the caterpillar quite a few times, observing every inch of its body for any kind of writing, but specifically the word poison. What, uh, what are you doing, Marianne? Oh, what's with the pocket knife, Mary? Uh, why, why are you, why are you looking at me like that, Mary Ann? Alice found a drink, and soon she was her normal-sized figure again. She headed through the grass in the direction the caterpillar had pointed towards the tea party, hoping the white rabbit would be there to receive the gloves and fan from her at last, so she could get on back to the lovely garden she longed for. She had not gone much farther before she came in sight of the house of the March Hare, obvious from the chimneys shaped like ears, roof thatched with fur, and presence of a March Hare at the table set out under the tree in the front yard an allegory for the decline of the British Empire and how that led to modern terrorism and this is just otherwise this pish-posh applesauce. You think they'd make a movie about a golden retriever playing basketball over some rule technicality? Excuse me, are you the March Hare? (sighs) Yeah, that's fine. Walk anywhere you want. It's just a private engagement on private property. Splendid. I was pointed this way for some meeting. I'm just wondering... What meeting exactly? (gasps) The secret phrase. She said the secret phrase. You must be Marianne. White Rabbit told us about you. I'll look past what you did in Tunisia for this mission, but just know, you make me sick. (laughs) They were children, you scum. I didn't. That's neither here nor there. They're neither here nor there. No one can find the bodies. That's enough, Mad Hatter. Sorry about him. He's mad. I'm mad? I'm the Mad Hatter! Why are you so mad? Hat sales are down! Hat sales are down right now. It's not the hat season. March to May! March to May is hat season. A lot of sales then, March to May. I see. A lot of overhead costs for these overhead garments. That adds up. Perhaps a hat sale. I'm not looking for advice! He's not really looking for business advice at this moment. But since we're getting into introductions, next to him is our Dormouse which is really just a mouse with an extra syllable. Hey, how are you? I'm handling the infiltration and reconning on this little outing of ours. But don't expect me to get into any fighting. That's where the March Hare hops in. And of course, Mad Hatter would supply the hats. You break them, you buy them. Try not to break the hats on this mission. Hatter's loaning them out. I see. And who's this last person at the table? I am Sergei. I do tunnel and explosive. I also am haunted by memories of motherland and what horrors and the invaders who invaded did to my people. But I will return one day and cleanse my lands of the scum who occupied them. I will bathe in their blood under the moonlight and the world will know of our pain and our perseverance. In this life or the next, I will have vengeance. Just ignore him. So then, that makes you Marianne. You must be the one smuggling the gloves and fan inside. Inside where? Enough with the sacred phrases! Now we're just waiting on the white rabbit to get here. Don't forget the blue caterpillar. I hope we'll recognize him. I'm not sure what he looks like. He's a caterpillar of a blue color. And how exactly do you know that? Yeah thought White Rabbit was the only one to have seen any of us before this meeting. Well, I, uh, I, you see, um... At this moment, a turtle wearing a light blue shirt and dark blue shorts and hat slowly crawled through the gate and towards March Hare at a turtle's pace, which was appropriate. After a painfully quiet 17 minutes of watching the turtle approach Hare, he was close enough that the letter attached to his back could be reached. 
And it was so. Hmm. A letter. What does it say? Obviously I'm going to read it and tell you. Oh no. What is it? I'm literally about to tell you. Give me a second. It's from the White Rabbit. What did he say? Will you? Hey. Shut up. It's from the White Rabbit. He says someone's been compromised and we need to act now. Compromised? You think it's Blue Caterpillar and that's why he not here? What compromise and say it is? White Rabbit also says he can't risk coming here and will meet us inside. Inside where? Ugh. The little door in the main hall, with the garden inside where the Queen of Hearts lives. Her oppression ends today, when we gut that cunt and string her intestines around every tree and every rosebush there. Easy, Dormath. First, we need to get through Sergei's tunnel to get inside. Sergei, is it ready? Alan Huff, drilling and blasting should be through rest of wall. You know, I have the key to the door if you all want to walk in. The key? Yes. For the door. Yes. The three-legged key on the three-legged table none of us could reach? I found a way to reach it. So, all the time spent all those days with a wife, kids, because Tano, all for nothing? Sort of. I missed funeral. When Buzz ran over Olga, I couldn't make it to hospitals in time because- She said yes, Sergei. We don't need to hear that story again. Read the room. I must go. Ah, good riddance. Okay, well, we'll just use the front door then. But the plan's the same. We eliminate as many of the royal family as we can, but our primary target is the queen. We'll split up once inside. Dormouth. You're planting Sergei's explosives around the compound. Hannah, you're supplying the hats. And what are the hats for again? They cover your head. They cover your head from the sun. Marianne, meet up with the White Rabbit to deliver the gloves and fan. I'll take my position to snipe the Queen when I see a chance, and as many others as I can before they find me. You have your cyanide? I do. This may be the first and last time we all ever meet, but if we're successful today, our deaths won't be in vain. I hope we could do it. Just us few. We must try, Mad Hatter. We must. For companions, so be it. We shall be the fellowship of the key. <laughs> well, it's my key. I found it. It's not really ours. But as we say, one for all. And, and one for all. Alice felt upon herself the full weight of peer pressure and joined her new colleagues in a celebratory toast with toast, as there was no tea left, before the hare and hatter tried forcing the dormouse into an empty teapot. What strange creatures with which to be pulling off such a caper? Thought Alice, mumbling the words aloud for no measure at all. What was that? Nothing. Although Alice wasn't quite sure where she lie in regards to the political climate of this new land, she was eager to finally visit the lovely garden she'd worked so hard to get to, and set off into the woods with this fellowship of possible terrorists to find the hall and the little door behind the curtain again. End chapter one. I'm bored. This party sucks. I wish there was something different to do, other than repeating the same regular experiences we've grown accustomed to. Hey kids, want something different to do, other than repeating the same regular experiences you've grown accustomed to? I just said I did! Then I've got news for you! Introducing- What's the news? I'm telling you, introducing- Go ahead then. I am, I'm getting to it, introducing Dan. Dan is a friend who will come over for most social gatherings, no questions asked sometimes. Dan! Dan. Uh, hey. Dan comes as a six-foot-one man with glasses and a computer he built himself. So how'd you put this computer together? It, uh, it'd take a while to explain. Oh. Okay. He's not the life of the party, but if you need someone to fill out a group, Dan's your man. Because Dan can for any plan if you're a fan of Dan. Hey, Dan, we need a fourth from bowling. You want to go? Yeah, fine. He's a passive guy, so don't be afraid to jostle him around. He won't say anything. Dan! <laughs> Dan says he has a girlfriend, but you'll never meet her. So what's her name again? She's just someone I work with. Yeah, but what's her name? Why? It doesn't matter. Drop it. Break the mundane cycle with Dan on your couch today. This food's not that spicy. And coming soon, Daniel, the Dan who yells. Uh... Hey, 
Knock it off, Dan. All right. Dan, he doesn't take up much space. Not available weekends. Chapter 2. The Queen's Croquet Game. Alice, the March Hare, the Mad Hatter, the Dormouse, and Cornwallis, the male carrying turtle, left the tea party at the March Hare's house and marched through the woods for quite some time, searching for the hall into which Alice had first fallen, and the lovely garden behind the little door, before Alice wondered if anyone knew where they were going. Does anyone know where we're going? Yeah, there's a secret door up ahead. Where? Well, if I knew, it wouldn't be such a secret, wouldn't it? I suppose not. Alice felt the three-legged table's three-legged key in her pocket as she looked about the fellowship of plotters and hoped her part in the assassination of the Queen of Hearts would be over quickly enough that she could spend the afternoon strolling leisurely through the rose bushes with elegant courtyards like she'd wanted. It's gotta be around here somewhere. This is why we need the White Rabbit. How does he expect us to get there on our own and meet him? Maybe he's overreacting. Just because they got the blue caterpillar doesn't mean they know about us. I think we should go back to the tea party and wait for him. I'll never go there again, said Alice, as she picked her way through the woods. It was the stupidest tea party I ever was at in all my life. Not even one ounce of tea at all present. And under a tree of all places, who's getting the sap out of my hair? Just as she said this, Alice noticed that one of the trees had a door built right into it. What? I looked so hard on that party. You just tore me down like I was nothing. I am sorry, March Hare. Oh, well, all is forgiven. Let's see what's behind this door, shall we? Someone else should open it. I've had poor luck recently with opening strange doors. I'll do it. It'll be good practice for when I'm doing my infiltrating. Come on. Come on, you! Maybe pull, not push. Oh god, I'm not prepared for this. Well, we need to be. All of us. Everyone, inside, quickly! Alice and her crew went in and once more found themselves in the long hall, close to the curtain and toppled over table. Hatter placed Cornwallis down to continue his mail route while the party approached the little door as a group of four would in this situation, such as the one in which these four currently found themselves. There are two doors behind this curtain. Which door is it again? The right one. Yes, not the wrong one, but which? The one on the right. Oh, of course, I remember now. Dormouth, do your thing. All right, here we go. Key in the hole. Give it a turn. What did you do? I didn't mean to. You did. I saw it in your eyes. How are we going to get inside? I suppose there's still Sergei's tunnel. He said it was almost through. Maybe we could dig a little more and get inside. I'm not sure where he was tunneling. This was all so secret none of us was supposed to know. It's gotta be around here if this is where the door is. Everyone, take a look for anything suspicious. The trio of four looked about the hall for anything out of the ordinary that might show some sign of Sergei's tunneling efforts, when, lo and behold, low down was beholden a poster Alice had not noticed before of Raquel Welsh, and, after throwing a small stone at it, Alice discovered the poster concealed a crudely made tunnel. I think I found it! No, no, that hole's much too tiny for any of us. It's the size of a small stone. Oh, behind the poster, yes. This must be the tunnel inside. All right. Be back in a second. Just gotta blast the rest of the way through, and we'll be ready to hearty the party. That can't be a real phrase. I don't want to go in there. Oh, dear. Mad Hatter doesn't want to go in there. Why not? It's dark. It's a bit dark in there for Hatter's taste. That's why I don't blink. That's the reason he doesn't blink, you see. He doesn't like the dark. Perhaps when Dormouse knocks through the rest of the wall, the light on the other side will be enough to- I think he might have used too much. You could fit a quiz nose through this hole. That seems bright enough for me. Okay, let's go. Yes, and fast. No doubt the queen will send her guards to see about the commotion.
Alice and her accomplices entered into the Queen's garden via the smoldering, gaping hole in the wall, and Alice was finally able to see for herself the beautiful garden of flowers and trees in the meadows surrounding a great stone castle. The grass looked greener from out there. All right, we haven't much time. Dormouth, you know where you're headed? Bedrooms. Royal Court Nursery. Good. Hannah, give him his hat. It's a fedora. Don't break it. We'll see. Best of luck, Dormouth. You all as well. Ah, a snug fit. The hats are snug. The hats are gonna be a little snug. Take yours, Marianne. It's a stovepipe hat. I see. To hide the gloves and fan. Go find White Rabbit. He should be somewhere nearby the Queen. But don't get on our bad side. Why's that? She's mad. She's mad, but not about the hat sales. She should be. She's very quick to anger, and it's known to call for spontaneous beheadings. But they never really behead anyone, do they? Don't get on her bad side. It's best if you don't get on her bad side. Now run along, Marianne. I'll get into my sniping position. Don't forget your hat. Ah, yes. A fez to keep up the spirits. Good luck to the both of you. Well, what is Hannah going to do? I wait. He's going to wait and get captured so they aren't looking for the rest of us. Won't they behead him? Wait a minute. No time to change course now. Off of you, Marianne. I want that hat back. What? I can't hear you. Well, a bad plan is better than no plan, I suppose. It was nice knowing you, Mad Hatter. Alice left the pouting Hatter to sit by himself like a big baby throwing a temper tantrum, all because he was tricked into dying, and made her way to the garden entrance, where a rose tree stood. What was that explosion? Who did this? Him, the guy of the hats. Grab him. Get off me. What lovely rose trees are these with wonderfully white petals. Not anymore. What are you doing? We gotta paint all these roses red before the queen sees. Look out, Fab! Don't go splashing paint on me! I wasn't. Two jogged my elbow. I didn't, Seven. Five is a lawyer. Hey! Quit making excuses and get back to work! You don't want the Queen taking her heads, do you? But you don't have heads, you're playing cards. Well, look, you know so much about card anatomy. Wouldn't you mind your own business, lady? We don't have much time to finish before. Oh, sorry. You didn't realize my ringer was on. Oh no, the Queen's arrival! The Queen is here! I didn't vote for her! Quick, finish what you can! The three playing cards sprayed as many roses as they could before throwing themselves flat upon their faces as the Queen's procession drew near. First came ten soldiers carrying clubs, also shaped like playing cards, because they were. Then came ten courtiers with diamonds. The royal children ornamented with hearts, nine in all, since Timothy was stillborn. Next came the guests, mostly kings and queens, and among them, Alice saw the white rabbit, talking nervously and smiling at everything that was said, not noticing Alice at all as he passed. Last was the knave, the king, and finally, the queen herself. I wonder if I should lie down like the others, but I recall no such rule at processions. Perhaps the greenish grass is some sort of candy. Alice knelt down and stuffed a handful of grass into her mouth as the Queen's procession came to a stop opposite her and stared. Child, what are you doing? Nobody. Why are you eating my grass? I thought it was candy. Uh, you see, the snozberries taste like snozberries, so when I saw these cards lying face down, I only assumed Cards that. lying down? The queen looked about the ground to see the three cards and the remaining trees of unpainted roses. Who are you three? Gardeners? Soldiers? Your backs are the same as the rest of the pack. Gardeners. And are you eating my grass? No. No. Sort of. Are you trying to paint my roses to hide the fact you planted the wrong trees? Well, you see, planted is such a subjective term. Oh, for the heads! Several of the Queen's guard moved in and grabbed the three playing cards from the ground. Except for that one. I want him to suffer first. Me? No, please, I- Now, I ask again of you, who are you? Alice looked about the procession of wandering eyes, all but for the white rabbits, 
whose pierced Alice as if to say, Don't fuck up. I'm Alice, your majesty, said Alice very politely, to the great relief of the rabbit. No, please, I have kids. And I suppose you're here for the croquet game. Yes, of course, the croquet game. Good thing I'm all stretched out. Alice saw out of the corner of her eye the white rabbit's aggressive short nods. Excellent. That answers my next three questions. Dave! Yes, my queen. Get this croquet day parade moving again. We're losing daylight. But the sun never sets here, my queen. Off with his head. Other Dave? Yes, my queen. Get this croquet day parade moving again. We're losing daylight. At once, my queen. What, sh- what shall we do with the bodies? Dump them in the rivers north of Avensburg and send another emissary to demand their surrender. Come now, Alice. Our game awaits. Roared the queen as the procession began moving again. Alice hopped in behind the Wanagat High School marching band and wondered very much what would happen next. Alice waved as candy was thrown where a crowd would have been, if not for everyone being in the parade, when she heard a timid voice at her side. Fine day for croquet, wouldn't you say, Mac? White Rabbit. Who'd you expect, the Easter Bunny? Good cover with the fake name, Alice. And very clever using a decoy Marianne. When I saw that dead body on the ground there in St. Cornwallis, I figured they'd have gotten all of us by now. So I think we're in the clear. Oh, that was about Marianne. We thought you meant Blue Caterpillar. No? Why? What happened to the Blue Caterpillar? Nothing, nothing at all. Boy, that's a relief. So you got my supplies? The fanning gloves. I have them right here in my hat. Good. Now I'll just take them with a little switch of your hat with my croquet beret like that. And we'll switch like that. And switch like that. And 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 that. There we are. Switched at last. I still have my stovepipe on. Oh, let me switch that. There we are. Switched at last. Now run along, Alice. You don't want to be anywhere near here when this goes down. When what goes down? The white rabbit and Alice turned to see the queen towering over them, crimson with fury and glaring like a wild beast. Uh, why, uh, the queen. I was just, uh, uh saying to Alice that, uh... Off with his head! No, wait, I gotta go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I gotta drop my charcoal pebbles. It's gonna stink up the place something bad. Everyone should run for cover. Excuse me, my liegely uh, lady, before I start to dribble. The white rabbit sprinted away towards the castle bathrooms, clutching Alice's stovepipe hat to his head to keep the fan and gloves from falling out. The queen then turned her fury towards Alice and eyed her hat. Was that the hat you were wearing before? Of course. Hats don't just come off, you know. Yes, I do know. Have you played croquet before? Just in video games. Hmm. Why don't you go talk to the Mock Turtle and he can explain the rules to you. And once you know how to play, you can come back and try to catch up. Or be headed towards a beheading. What? Well, I can't have the person in last place sullying my court with their inferior genetics. Go on now, we're losing daylight. Griffin will show you the way. And who's Griffin? Griffin? (laughs) What? Who's that? A griffin, which had been lying fast asleep in the motionless sun, jolted up and rubbed its eyes. Up, lazy thing! Take this young lady to the Mock Turtle and have him teach her the rules of croquet. I must oversee some executions I've ordered before the game begins. The queen walked off, leaving Alice alone with the griffin, who watched her all the while until she was out of sight, and then chuckled. (laughs) What fun. What is the fun? Why, she is. It's all her fancy that no one ever gets executed. They do. I've seen several in the past few minutes. No, 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 no one ever gets executed. That's not true. There were these, these... Playing cards? Look, kid, my wife's the minister of propaganda. I gotta be supportive. Now, do you want to learn how to play croquet or not? Not really. Well, the queen will execute me if I don't take you to see the mock turtle, so hop on. Alice hopped on the griffin's back, even though he had meant more of a metaphorical hopping 
and the pair flew a short distance above the surrounding forest until they found upon a clearing, where a large mock turtle sat sad and lonely on the ledge of a rock. I'm gonna do it this time. I'm really gonna jump. Mock turtle? This little girl needs to know the rules of croquet, and quickly. If it's no bother, I'd rather not come in as today and die. Oh, is it croquet day again already? Yes, the games are likely already underway, and this one has never played. Never played? Never played, so I'm afraid I don't know the rules. No need to be frightened about it. Mock Turtle, would you please explain the rules of croquet to this one so we may get back before the Queen has her not beheaded? <laughs> because that never happens here. But it does! Quiet. Very well. I'll tell her. Sit down, both of you, and don't speak a word until I've finished. So they sat down, Alice and the Griffin, and nobody spoke for some minutes. Time is a factor here. Oh, that's right. Well... <coughs> Croquet is played by two sides of two balls each, which players hit with mallets through a series of six arches, earning one point for each arch they fully pass under, before striking a peg in the center of the play area with each ball to peg out and to earn another point, for a total of 14 points to win. Players take turns striking their balls, but an extra turn is earned with each point, and two extra turns are earned when a ball is struck and makes contact with one of the other three balls in play. The first of these extra turns being the croquet shot, where you hit your ball while it is still in contact with another and both balls move, and then a second shot after taken normally. Attacking opponents with your mallet is not allowed and can be grounds for beheading. Wow, insightful. Very. Thank you, Mock Turtle, for sharing your wisdom. Yes, thank you, Mock Turtle. I was surely placing not last now. We'll see. Good luck, young one. Alice hopped with malice back onto the griffin to fly to the queen's croquet game. And make sure you don't roquet a dead ball. Don't what? Roquet? What does that mean? He never went over that. Eh, I'm sure it's nothing. It can't be nothing. It's a life or death situation for me. Let's go back. I must know. Eh. I'm sure it's nothing. The griffin circled the croquet field before landing, and Alice saw that the number of players had dwindled down to now just the queen, the king, two of the children, and the courtier, all still near the first arch. The pair touched down beside a pile of the beheaded ex-croquetters nearby, where Alice was able to get a better look at the equipment she was meant to use. It's all quite strange. The mock turtle never mentioned the mallet was a flamingo or the ball was a hedgehog. And why are playing cards acting as archers? Surely there's a better alternative. Back off! I need the Flamingo 11 too, you know! That still doesn't explain the animals as objects. I'm not sure I want to play this way. You better get used to it. It's your turn. Alice looked to see the A, the youngest child of the royal family, and practically an infant, pointing square at Alice, saying, I can't be in last place. Alice hasn't gone yet. But if she never goes, then you're still in last, and last place means you join the last place pile. But she's about to go, and then it won't be me. Where to hit the ball? All right, all right. Go ahead, Alice. Show us what the mock turtle taught you in the simulator. What simulator? The simulator, the one the mock turtle uses to teach people how to play. That's why we outsource our training to him. I never used a simulator. What? Never used? We've reimbursed him 8,000. Dave! Yes, my queen? Off with the mock turtle's head! At <laughs> once, my queen. That seems the most justified beheading so far. I get more justified with each ordering. Now take your shot so we can resolve this who's in last debacle. Alice grabbed her flamingo mallet with her arm hands and took a position next to the hedgehog ball on her standing feet. This one needs to at least pass the baby's ball, so I'm not the one killed. Hey, would either of you like to help me with this shot? Um, Union. I understand, Flamingo Mallet. What about you, Hedgehog Ball? Eh, yeah, sure, what the hell? It'll be my good deed for the year. Huzzah! With that, Alice shimmied her shoulders, gripped the oddly sticky flamingo legs by the shin, and swung with all of her might. But missed. The mock turtle was waterboarded pending execution over the rules of a missed swing, where it was learned by all that a swing only counts if contact with the ball had been made. Alice was allowed a redo, and, upon striking her hedgehog successfully, 
watched it roll a few inches before galloping further on its feet through the first, second, and third arches. Wow, what a hit! That's not fair, she cheated. Take her away, I want her to think about what she's done. No, mommy, please help me. The weak will always bring us down. Now, who's in last? My queen, you must come quick. We've caught a saboteur in the bedchambers trying to pull a push door. I can't have this in my queendom. The game is postponed until after we hold the trial to determine what this saboteur's motives are and catch up on beheadings. Lead us to this. The king is down. Sniper, we're not safe here, my queen. Everyone into the royal court. Guards, off with that sniper's head. Alice followed the queen and her knaves through the garden and into the castle, all the while monitoring the guards' advance on the March Hare's sniping position, but was pulled inside before seeing any sort of conclusion. Fuck you, you jive motherfucker! Alice followed the queen through the corridors and into the royal courtroom of the castle, where an assemblage had assembled of little birds and beasts, among the playing cards being unpacked from a new deck in the back of the room. Court is now in order. The queen takes her throne next to a new king of hearts, adjusting his eyes to the light. Alice pushes her way through the crowd to get a better look at the trial about to take place. We shall get to the bottom of this barbaric hoodlumry. Bring the accused forward. The dormouse, battered and bloodied, is dragged through the doors from the back of the room and down the aisle, through the jeering crowd, before being plopped at the queen's feet. The white rabbit, composed but adverting his eyes to seemingly everything, followed in next and took his place next to the queen to read the charges for the court. <coughs> he ye, he, he This Dormouse is accused of trespassing, loitering, sedition, and conspiracy to conspire. How do you plead? It wasn't my fault! I was talked into it. I'm a victim of circumstance. Who were your co-conspirators? Was it the sniper who killed their king? <laughs> I don't... Answer me. <laughs> yes. And was it the hatter with the attitude problem? A guard placed a pike with the mad hatter's head in front of the dormouse, lifeless from the lack of blood and also a, a body. Yes. And was there anyone else? The Dormouse dropped his head and squeezed his eyes shut. At this moment, Alice noticed a peculiar bottle she hadn't seen before sitting at her feet, with an even more peculiar note, distinct, you could say, that was attached and read, Drink Me. The Hatter told us of one other in your party before his life was corrected. Tell us, and you shall receive mercy. Alice picked the bottle up and inspected it for the word poison, while the Dormouse kept down a clinching his eyes, and unintentionally his sphincter, to the Queen's growing frustration. People await your voidic, my Queen. Hmm, very well. Because of this insolence, off with his head. The tension and anticipation for hearing what type of punishment the queen would bestow exploded from the crowd as she returned to an oldie but goodie. The guards grabbed the dormouse and strung him up before the gentle masses, armed with ponchos and plastic sheets for the splatter, and in a quick instant of absolute justice, the dormouse was no more. That was close. I almost had to drink this mystery bottle to escape before I've had a proper chance to read it. Oh, why would you have to escape? What? Oh, sorry. Uh, I was talking to myself. In a crowd? Obviously someone's going to hear you. Snake? Yeah, Badger? Did you hear this girl say something about having to escape? Yeah, it was weird. I'm trying to ignore her. People talk to themselves all the time. I've never seen someone do it. What's the matter with you? The crowd where Alice found herself encircled pierced her with their odious glares. She clutched her bottle tight. What? What, what? What did you say? I was talking to someone. Oh, I said you up next on trial. Guards moved in quickly and whisked Alice past the Dormouse's corpse and brought her before the Queen's throne. But whatever! 
whatever is this for? What for? Trespassing, sedition, conspiracy to murder, handling explosives without a license, two counts of murder in the first degree, grand theft spaghetti, destruction of property, breaking and entering, and laughing at hoo-hahs. But I... that's not... wait a minute. Spaghetti? Murders? How... how do you know all this? The Cheshire Cat. Who? The Cheshire Cat, the one that turns invisible. I don't know who that is. He's a cat. He spies for me in the kingdom. What kind of tyrant would I be without spies? I've never seen this cat. Because he's invisible and good at his job. You're not listening. He's followed you ever since you got here and has reported back to me every word, every deed, every blink you ever made in my queendom. But if that's true, then that means you must know... That the white rabbit is a traitor as well. Off with his head. My head? What about my yodeling? It looks like we're finished, White Rabbit. It was nice knowing you. Oh, no, it wasn't, and no, we ain't, Doc. Let's hope Dormouse got here before the bedchambers. Got here for what? The Dormouse had gotten to the royal court with his explosives before attempting to do the same in the bedchambers, and was able to plant them in such a way that the king was impaled upon a spire from the ceiling, and the queen landed just feet from Alice at the bottom of the steps. Alice struggled to her feet, unable to see through the smoke and debris-filled air. Her hands stung from the glass bottle, smashed in her grasp during the explosion. The sounds of survivors echoed through the chamber as she removed shards, one by one. But then... An odd sound caught Alice's ear, a sound of which she could not identify. It was the white rabbit, flapping the fan in a frenzy to clear his way through the smoke and dust to find the queen, and swinging a hammer into her skull, gripped tight with the white gloves. We did it, Marianne. We're free at last. No longer will... White rabbit? No! you do? The queen gave orders. Off with his head. And now off with yours. No! A big no, quiet be still. Please! Ah! Alice, wake up. Ah, wh- 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 what? What's going on? It sounded like you were having a nightmare. No. No, it was real. There was a rabbit and a hare. Those were the same thing. Well, there were two of them. And a hatter. A uh, what? He makes hats. And I killed a caterpillar and ate spaghetti. And there was a queen who kept killing playing cards. And then they replaced them with other cards from another deck. But she kept killing them too. And a mock turtle took- Wait, wait, wait. She killed the cards, but they get replaced? And that was it? They keep going like nothing happened? Yes, but we killed her, you see. There was a bomb and the rabbit killed her hold, with a hammer. Hold on. Hold on. Couldn't they just replace her with another queen card from another deck like the others? And then that one keeps doing the same thing? I have to go back. What? Alice, you were only sleeping. I drank something I found and it sent me there. That's the secret. Found where? Alice, are you drinking things you find under the sink again? I didn't see the word poison. And when I drink there, I can shrink and grow, so it's okay. Figured out the logic of it all. You can't drink that. I have to go back! Alice, no, don't do this again. Alice, spit it out! Alice sat back with her empty bottle and felt the warm afternoon breeze on her face. She considered if it was worth it to get up and cut some thistle for a whistle or get a gun for the roses, when suddenly a white rabbit with pink eyes ran close by her. She'd given it little attention until she noticed it had pulled out a pocket watch from its waistcoat and declared, Wow, look at this view! Who would have believed we climbed to the top of Mount Everest without any climbing gear? Or that I would have learned how to juggle Chilean tiger frogs on the way, nine at a time! Nobody. That's why we should get a picture to post so everyone can see. Good idea. Oh no. 
There's no internet connection up here. Now how is everyone gonna know what things we do? We can't just tell them. No one would believe us. Tired of sometimes not having an internet connection so you can show people what you do with your life because no one takes anyone's word for things anymore? Yeah. yeah. Try taking everyone you know with you. Of yes. course. You can't believe pictures anymore. So give everyone the proof they can't refute this Christmas because they're there to witness it. Squeeze in, everyone see? Ooh, just flush that. No more having to pull out your phone for videos. Hey, look, police brutality. No more signing into the restaurant Wi-Fi to post to the gram. Dad, check it out. Fries. Save your data for when you're locked in a trunk on your way to a grave in the Nevada desert. Not for texting your boss. Mr. Winters, I want to raise or I'm going to the FBI about all the shady shit you're doing. I'd rather die. Bring those Facebook fights to life with face-to-face -face confrontations like the Founding Fathers did. Brian, check this meme out. Oh, you liberal piece of shit. Oh, yeah? All you, you sacks of shit are the same, you goddamn commie. If you hate this like country so much, get out! You don't have the right to take away down. my rights. I'll kill you if I have to. This country is found on the belief that if I want to kick your ass, I'm done. Take the media out of social media with Being Social. Available everywhere now. This is getting expensive, though. How much are 58 tickets to Anchorage gonna be? Don't worry about it. You're racking up miles. We're racking up miles, honey. Just buy them. Dr. Raymond Pants Books on Tape on Demand is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com.